Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're in a series. We're coming right back to the series in the book of Acts. It's called Acts, and it's basically serving God together. That's our theme, is how do we serve God together? And the book of Acts is really recording um, stories and activities and things that are happening in the early church. And it's pretty exciting what everything that was taking place. But the mission that is, re- the main mission of the book of Acts is to go and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are, go- we are to go out and tell people about the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're called to do. And uh, so today we're going to enter into a passage of scripture that I almost skipped over because it's a difficult passage, but I decided not to. Uh, God convicted my heart, don't skip over my word. And I said, okay, Lord, so you're going to have to bear with me today because it can be a difficult pas- passage to understand. It's in the book of uh, Acts chapter 5, uh, and it's a story of Ananias and Sapphira. And sometimes we want to shy away from these type of scriptures, and, and we, want to, we, don't, we want to hear the good scriptures, you know what I'm saying? I want to hear the promises of God. I don't want to deal with the other difficult things in, in the Bible. But one of the things I've learned as I continue to grow in Christ is when I wrestle with difficult scriptures, I discover that I continue to grow in Christ. So there's times in our life we're not supposed to just, you know, wait, just bypass something, sit in something and understand what, why is this in scripture? Why is this in the Bible? What's the purpose of this for my life? And that's what we're going to try to do today, is we're going to try to discover the story of Ananias and Fire and how can it apply to our lives. As we begin, let me remind you of something, that... In the original manuscripts, when the Bible was originally written, the books were written, uh, there weren't chapter numbers and there weren't verse numbers in the Bible. That, that wasn't even there. That didn't happen until like the 12th or 13th century where all of a sudden someone decided, you know, it would be a lot easier to find Scripture if we had some numbers in there. And so then chapters and verses were introduced. But I share that because sometimes when you're reading through Scripture, sometimes you look at it and you go like, you, you finish a chapter, and that's kind of, you know, if you've, been a re- if you've done a reading plan, you finish a chapter and you stop there, you, and then the next day you start back up on your reading plan, but you forget what the previous chapter was. And this is one of those instances where I feel like maybe we could have, at, we, we cut it off in the wrong place. The end of chapter 4 of the book of Acts, um, the last two verses, I really think that we should carry into chapter 5. And the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Because that's the story of Barnabas and his gift. And I believe for context, we need both stories. So we're going to actually take the time to read both stories today. Because I think context is important uh, for our life. Before we begin, let me just give a brief recap of where we are at. Uh, We've been reading about the book of Acts. And the New Testament church is experiencing miracles. I mean, miracles that are ridiculous. Uh, Peter, it even talks about in the, where Peter would walk by someone and even his shadow would touch someone that was, that was ill and they would be instantly healed. There was salvation coming to thousands of people. The church was growing. There was excitement in the air. There was, there was this, this, this new 
uh, uh, discovery. They called it the way. And it was the way was following Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so people are following this way, and it's following Jesus Christ. And there's an excitement in the air. But in the midst of this excitement, there is persecution that's happening to the church. The, 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 the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the Roman government, they're trying to hold back what this, what's taking place. They heard about the resurrection of Jesus. They thought they were finished with him, but they're not. And so now they're persecuting the church. And all of a sudden, the body of believers are rising up with them. And then we, we, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about it. We read in there where they actually prayed for greater faith and courage. So in the midst of persecution, they would continue to share their faith. That's just kind of a brief recap they're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and in the midst of this one of the things that started happening is that people started sharing their possessions there was a community of believers now think about it they're under persecution not not like our ability today where we have all these wonderful uh, assistance that we can get to uh, these people if they were hungry they were going to they were going to starve and so people started to sell possessions to help one another and this is the story that we're reading about Barnabas and Ananias, how they sold property and they brought the proceeds of that, of that money to the, to the body of Christ. And I believe, for one, I believe it's to help the need that was there, definitely. But I personally believe it was also to remove any distractions from people's lives so that they could focus on God's work. I believe it was to focus on sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So... We're, that's where we're at right now. We're going to start at the end of chapter 4, verse 36, and we're going to read uh, through chapter 5, uh, verse 11. Follow along with me. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. So that's the end of chapter 4. Now it's starting in verse chapter 5. But there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought the part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was a full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wished, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped his, him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. Some of you are hearing this story for the very first time, going, oh my gosh. About, lock the doors right now, hurry up. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? And she, yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could, you, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today, and I thank you, God, that your word sometimes might be difficult, but it's still powerful. 
And I pray, God, that we would understand the revelation that you would have us to be able to receive from this word today. I pray, God, revelation will change our heart and our mind. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? As I shared, this is a difficult story. I mean, honestly, this is kind of a story that I'd put in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. Someone got mixed up. They put it in the New Testament instead of the in Old Testament. It belongs in the Old Testament. But no, it doesn't. It belongs in the New Testament. It's a New Testament church. And how do we deal with this? Because, see, we don't, when we read the New Testament, we read about God's love, his forgiveness, his grace. And, and we don't really read a lot about, about the judgment of God. And here we're seeing instant judgment by God. And how do we deal with that? So I want to start by just reviewing both of these two stories, the story about the gift of Barnabas and also the story about the gift of Ananias and Sapphira. The first one is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. We see in this story that their life is filled with spiritual deception. They're trying to be something that they were not. And this is a definitely, I see this as a struggle in, even in our own culture. In fact, if you spend any time on social media, you will recognize that there's people that are trying to be something that they're not. Um, you can see it all over social media. I'm not trying to judge anybody. I'm just saying that's, I mean, let, for example, the other day, Annette uh, took a picture of me, and she posted it on one of our, I don't know if it was Facebook or Instagram or something. She posted it on it, but I saw it. I got so upset at her. Why would you post a picture of this like, on, I mean, do you look at the picture? If you zoom in on the picture, look at me. I had this really distorted face and, and my head was down so you could see all the wrinkles in my neck. And I'm looking old and, and old and mean. And I'm going, why would you ever post a picture? You need to get my permission before you post pictures of me on, on the website. It's a true story. And I'm starting to think, I'm literally portraying that, that the thing I don't want to be, that old me man, to my wife. What made me get so upset? The thing that made me upset was my pride. I didn't want to look old. I'm not old. Don't tell me I'm old. I'm not. I'm young. Thank you for the two amens. That's more amens I've heard in this church for a long time. That's great. I'm teasing. I didn't want to look old. And my pride got hurt. And I wanted to be something that I was not. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to look more youthful. Man, can you, don't, I want a glamour shot, babe. From next time, get makeup on me. I want a glamour shot. I don't want a reality shot. Don't show me reality. I can't live with reality. It's, it's just too much. The, the humorous thing is me thinking that someone's going to zoom in on my picture. I'm just being really... Yeah, I'd be really open and honest here today. The only one zooming in on your guys' pictures is yourself, okay? You're the only one taking the time to do that. So get over yourself like I had to get over myself and move on. Well, in this story, Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira were trying to appear, appear more generous than what they really were. Why were they doing this? Pride. Barnabas had sold a piece of property and brought all the proceeds to the apostles and Maybe Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they didn't want to be outdone. You see what Barnabas did. You see what, these are only two gifts. I'm sure there was many more. And they wanted to appear probably to be as generous as, as Barnabas and some of the other people. But in doing so, they fell into spiritual deception. And we can definitely see in this passage of Scripture that Luke is comparing these two gifts to get side by side. Even though there's a chapter between, he's bringing them right together. He's comparing these two gifts. And 
what was the problem with the gift that was presented by Ananias and Sapphira? Simply stated this. They love money more than truth. Let me point out that the punishment of Ananias and Sapphira, because they fell dead, it says in Scripture. Like I said, it's a tough story. But the punishment didn't take place because they didn't give all the money. The punishment took place because they lied to God. So let's go down that road for just a minute. Peter told them, the property was yours to sell and the money was also yours to give away. They didn't have... They didn't have to sell the property. Nobody was forcing them to sell, to do anything. And they didn't have to give all the proceeds. That was their choice. Peter told them, that's your choice. The punishment had to do with them lying to God. Reality was that money was a stronghold on their life. They wanted to appear more generous to others, yet they, they, they didn't want to give all the proceeds. So they, they were caught in this quandary. We want to appear generous, but man, that's a lot of money to give. I, 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 I don't want to give all that money. Come on, we've all been there. I don't want to do all that. What happens? Hey, Sapphira, what happens if we just tell them that we gave it all, but we keep back just a little portion for ourselves? Maybe it's a little, maybe a little bit more than little. Maybe it's a bigger portion. But we keep back for because, you know, we're, we are getting up in age, and, and we, we do need to have that little, you know, that retirement fund that we need to have. We've been talking about that. So let's just keep back part of that. You see, their love for money deceived them to the point that they felt like they could lie to God. It wasn't lying to people that got them in trouble. It was the arrogance to think that they could lie to God and that somehow God wouldn't know. Can you imagine that? That somehow God wouldn't know? Someone answered that phone in Jesus' name. <laughs> by seeking the approval and the praise of people, they received, catch this, by seeking the approval of people, the praise of their, you know, by seeking their approval, they actually received the disapproval of God. And there's a, part, there's a whole message right there to be preached. Today I want to kind of share something with you that I want to really take away for you. Is that truth needs to be an anchor for our life. Amen. The word of God states that the truth will set you free. Truth represents who God is. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. We as followers of Jesus should strive to live truthful lives. Amen. Paul states when he gives this beautiful discourse about putting on the armor of God, you know, about putting on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. One of the things that we're supposed to put on is, guess what? The belt of what? Truth. The belt of truth around our lives. If you think about the belt in those days when they put everything on, the belt is what held everything together. It, it tied everything together. It held truth in your life is what's going to hold everything together. When you, try not to, when you try to live outside of the truth, things start to fall apart. Listen to what Psalm says, Psalms 145, 18. It says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. John writes in 1 John 1, 8, he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Deception is the need to appear as we are not, it's based upon lies. Truth is living in honesty, and, and it's the attribute of who God is. That attribute of truth, that's a quality that we need to receive in our lives as well. In fact, in Proverbs 6, the Bible states there are seven things that God hates. 
And as I was reading those seven things, two of the items, I, I kind of think three, but two for sure, are items that deal with lies and deception. At times, I just don't think we understand how important truth is to God. So catch this thought. Thank you. Without truth, we would never discover God's grace and God's forgiveness. Just without truth, you're never going to discover God's grace and God's forgiveness. Truth is actually what leads us towards repentance. I know that the Bible says the goodness of God. The goodness of God is truth. And truth is what leads us towards repentance. It gives us the ability to recognize sin. Not in other people's lives. Oh, man, you have sin in your life. And let me have lunch with you because i got to point out sin in your life. And, and By the way, if I ask to go to lunch with you, I'm not pointing out sin in your life. I'm just having fellowship, FYI. So don't be scared of the pastor. Some of you guys are so scared. I call you, let's go have lunch. Don't freak out. I just love people, okay? I just want to fellowship. Anyhow, in the... In the in, in the midst of this, that I got I off my whole subject now. <laughs> Truth is actually to help us to expose the lies or the self-deception that's within us. It's not to help us to find the lies in other people. No, no. It's for about us. How do I start living in the truth? Truth exposes us to God's love and forgiveness. Truth gives us the ability to find freedom. We need to have a love of God's truth in our lives. Otherwise, we could wake up one day and we discover that we lived a fraudulent life all of our life. And we've never understood the real truth of who God is. Ananias and Sapphira were living under spiritual deception. Look at what Peter says in verse 3. He says, you lied to the Holy Spirit. In verse 4, he says, you weren't lying to us, but you were lying to God. Ananias and Sapphira, they discounted the reality of God, that God was real. They acted in a way that God didn't even exist, or even worse yet, that maybe God didn't even care. That God is a God of tolerance. He didn't really care. He's just going to tolerate everything. Let me remind you today, and this is a little harder message if you're a guest with us. Just hang with us. I get softer as you stay with me longer and longer. Let me remind you today, though, God is not a God of tolerance. God is a God of forgiveness. And there's a big difference between those two statements, a God of tolerance and God of forgiveness. Tolerance in your life leads you towards accepting that which is wrong. Forgiveness in your life leads you towards changing that which is wrong. Tolerance accepts things that are not of God. Forgiveness allows you to get over the, those things that are not of God so that you can walk in his grace and start following his holiness. Amen. It's the powerful grace of God working in us. Peter was giving Ananias and Sapphira an opportunity to come clean. He brought him in. The Holy Spirit must have revealed this to Peter. And he brought him and he's given them the opportunity to come clean. And they were going to stay firm on the lie and the deception that was in their heart. They chose to live in deception. The Bible states in Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. I believe this was a wake-up call for that early church. God didn't want them to continue down a road that really the Pharisees had gone towards, the Sadducees had gone towards, and many of the other religious groups had gone towards. They, they were just becoming a religious group. 
They'd become a, a, a potluck party. They'd become a just, but there was nothing that was more than just, just having food together. And, and, but they, and, and they were going down the wrong road. They were, they were following down a road of deception. And that road, that, that, if they followed that road, it led to deception. It led to lies. It was a road that led to hypocrisy. I believe for the early church, God was trying to set something straight here. God wanted his followers to follow the truth. He didn't want them to go down this other direction. Spiritual deception is choosing to believe in a lie. This has been around from the very beginning of time. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden and the lie that they believed. I was thinking about that story of how we know it was the serpent who represents the devil or Satan. They came to Eve and, they, and he tempted Eve. And he said, you know what? Uh, I know that God said that you couldn't, sh- shouldn't eat of that tree and the, the fruit of that tree. But l- here, I, it's fine to eat of that tree. In fact, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great gift to you. You're going to have greater knowledge than you could ever imagine. And God is just trying to withhold something from, from you. And the thing in the story that if you catch how deception works is this. The lie of the devil became the lie that she owned. It wasn't just a lie from the devil. All of a sudden, it became her lie, and she believed it because she shared it with Adam as well. And they both, it became their lie. They owned it. it they became deceived through that whole process. She discounted the word of God and believed her own rationale. It is the epitome of spiritual deception. We must fight against this deception from ever entering into our life by embracing the truth of God's word. Don't ever think that you can ever deceive God. We can't. And let me remind you of this important truth. Unless you're dead, like Ananias and Sapphira, there is always an opportunity for forgiveness. God's grace is there. And for me, that's all I need to know. Let's create an environment in our lives where we choose to follow God's truth and live under the umbrella of his wonderful grace. Amen? Let's not try to live, and this is something to take away for us today. Let's try not to live a life of appearance. We live in a society that it's all about appearance. It's all about this and all about that. Who has the nicest things? Who has this? And Who can make the greatest thing on social media? Whatever it is. And it's not the first thing. It's always been in our life. And we, and we strive towards appearance. Can I share something? We need to strive towards authenticity Amen. in our life. That's what we really need to strive towards. Bottom line is this. Let me remind all of us. We are all sinners saved by God's grace. Amen. We need his forgiveness. Let's live in the truth. Because the truth is the antidote to spiritual deception. Let's finish today with the story of Barnabas. And I believe, and this is a little shorter story, so don't, don't freak out. I believe his response, Barnabas' response in giving, portrays a life that is filled with spiritual awareness. Remember, Barnabas brought the, the proceeds of the property that he sold. Uh, he brought it to the apostles. And look, Luke uses Barnabas as an example of a good gift. And I believe his heart wasn't caught up in the money that he was given. His heart was caught up in the good that his money could do. That's who Barnabas was. Barnabas didn't love money, he loved Jesus. He was willing to give up any comforts and pleasures that that the money could have provided for the greater good of helping others. Luke never mentions that Barnabas was seeking the approval of people. 
Barnabas was seeking the approval of God by following what God had placed in his heart. He wanted to make a difference. He wanted to share the message of the gospel. If giving would open up more opportunity, then let it be. That's, that's what Barnabas was thinking about. Let it be. Barnabas, Barnabas never had to make up lies because he was living in the truth. He loved the truth. He lived in the environment of truth. When we live under God's grace, we don't have to worry about impressing people. Amen. We just choose to live what is, and do what is honorable before God. I believe the real beauty of a person is their honesty and their authenticity. Think about it. When we see people trying to be something that they're not, come on, reality is we're usually turned off by that. We, that doesn't draw us at all. It's unappealing. The people that we are attracted to are those who are authentic, real, and trustworthy. Spiritual awareness is understanding who you are in Christ. It's recognizing that you have been redeemed and liberated from the life of sin. It's recognizing that you are now a child of God and that you're living according to his truth. It gives you the ability to accept who God created you to be, not to be some kind of perception that you're trying to create, but yet you're being who God wants you to be. It's, see, God created you to be something special. And so many times I think when we think about following God, we think that we're going to be less than. So many times when I think, when, when all of a sudden you get that call to follow Christ, but what do I, you always think about what you have to give up. And you never think about what you're going to gain. God is not a God of less than. God is a God of more than. Your life is not a facade. Your life is valuable before God. Spiritual awareness is knowing who you are in Christ. Barnabas was a person who was spiritually aware. He took great joy in helping others. In fact, you know, the name Barnabas means son of encouragement. That's what he was nicknamed by the apostles because he was such an encourager to everyone. He had the spiritual gift of, of encouragement and helps. And let me just share a little bit about his life real quickly because I think it helps us understand who Barnabas was. It was Barnabas who came to the defense of the apostle Paul. Did you know that? When Paul, before he was called Paul in the Bible, he was called Saul, and he was a persecutor of Christians. And when Saul came in Jerusalem, he had this in incredible encounter on the road to Damascus, where all of a sudden a bright light, and all of a sudden Jesus literally spoke to him and arrested him. It's a whole story, you can read about it. And his heart was forever changed in that moment, and God called him for full-time ministry. And Saul comes to Jerusalem, and he's preaching Jesus. He's sharing about the good news of Jesus. But the disciples were against him because he's known as the persecutor of Christians. Guess who came to his defense? Barnabas, the encourager. He came and said, no, 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 you guys, you got it wrong. I know for a fact that, that Saul, now Paul, Paul had an encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. He's a changed man. I've heard him firsthand preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You guys need to give him a chance. That's who Paul is, or Barnabas is. It was Barnabas who went on the first missionary journey with Paul, helped him. It was Barnabas also who encouraged John Mark. If you remember in the second missionary journey, first missionary journey, John Mark left the journey early, and Paul, Paul didn't want anything to do with him. I don't trust him anymore. I don't want to be part of it anymore, whatever was going on. Little, dis little stuff going on. Who was the encourager? Barnabas. He said, hey, John Mark, come with me. We're going to go do our own missionary journey. It wasn't out of spite. It was out of, the, out of something that John Mark 
or something that Barnabas saw in John Mark. He said, hey, come with me. And they went on a missionary journey. It was so effective. Catch this. What Barnabas saw was so effective that later on in, in Paul's life, when he was in prison in Rome, he asked, that, hey, will you send for John Mark? Because I know John Mark will help us or help me. Whatever Barnabas saw, he, he encouraged that. He flourished that. He understood who he was in Christ. And then, of course, Luke uses Barnabas as a great example as a giver that honors God. Barnabas had a spiritual awareness to recognize what was really important in life. We need to have that same spiritual awareness. We need to strive towards that spiritual awareness in our life. And we need to attain this awareness by living in the truth. Amen. Let me close with this final thought from verse 11. And it's probably one of the difficult thoughts that I want to share with you just for a moment. It writes that fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. And I know how often, I often speak about how we should not live in fear, but we should live in faith. And I believe that with my whole heart. We live in faith. We're not people of fear. But there is a healthy fear that we need to have in our life. I would even like to call it respect. It's a respect of understanding who God is. That God is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. That God is God. That some of us, that someday, all of us will actually have to stand before God for judgment. Now, for those who have Christ in their heart, who choose to follow up after Jesus, we have no fear. All we have is faith in Jesus. And we understand the blood of Jesus is going to, has forgiven us our sins. And we can stand in front of God in the grace of Jesus Christ. But there's something healthy to understand who God is. The Bible states this in Proverbs 1, 7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Knowledge or wisdom is understanding that God is holy, that God is just, that God is righteous. It's having a healthy perspective and respect for God. It's recognizing who God is. I had a professor many, many moons ago, years ago, um, in Northwest University, probably 35, 36, 37 years ago. And uh, this professor was known throughout the campus as probably the toughest professor. I mean, he was tough. He, every year there was a midterm, there was a, a final. Um, one year, the year I was there, my freshman year, um, Old Testament survey class, half of the entire class flunked the class. I mean, he was tough. But what I discovered about Professor Hobson, when I put his name out, well, he's also very fair. He didn't want us to fail. And freshmen, you know, they come to party at the school. All, all of a sudden you discover that, oh, we're here to study. And that's what took place. Because everybody understood, everybody knew if, that you, if you attended his classes and if you write, read the assigned books that he gave you, you would pass the test. It wasn't something that was impossible. You just had to put the work into it. You'd have to study and you'd have to, to go to the classes and you would pass the test. And I knew that. I'd already heard about Hobson. So guess what? I had a healthy respect for Professor Hobson. I went to classes. I sat in the classes and listened. I read the book. I didn't just skim through the books that he assigned. I read the books. And guess what? I passed the test. He was fair. He was honest. And he wanted his students to learn and to develop and to grow. And I, I share that story because I think sometimes we 
read this story of Ananias and Fire, how do we apply it in my life? I believe the story is really the love of God. Pastor Tom, you always flip things in my mind. How do you, what, what are you talking about? I believe God didn't want people to go down the, the old road of lies and deception. And he was setting an example right off in the beginning of the early church. He said, hey, hey, you can't deceive me. Come to me with own honesty and openness and authenticity. And you will find forgiveness. See, they had an ability to find forgiveness. Peter gave them the opportunity. And they, they chose to live in deception. Today, I declare to you, to every one of us here today, let's step into the truth of God and let's believe that God's word is true, His promises are true, and let's live not according to our own rules or, or deceptions, but let's live according to His truth. And I, pr- I tell you right now, God will give you the ability to do so. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that your word is true and it is powerful and it sets us free. That's what your word says, that the truth will set us free. And I pray today, Lord, for those who may be struggling, either maybe they're watching us online right now or maybe they're in the audience right here, that they can recognize areas of their life that maybe is not as truthful as it should be. Maybe they've allowed a little bit of spiritual deception to come in where they they've said oh this is okay God's going to tolerate this and they're living not according to your truth we all can struggle with certain things in our life but God I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you will help each and every one of us to set aside those things that are not of you those deceptions that we kind of owned and they become our lies. I pray, God, that you reveal the lies in our life by your truth. Not, Lord God, to condemn us, but to set us free. I pray over people today that they'll be set free in the name of Jesus, set free from addiction, set free from pornography, set free from things that they've been holding uh, upon their life for so many years, set free from adultery, set free from things, Lord God, that they have accepted in their life that it's not of you. I pray, God, that we would have the boldness and the courage like the early church to step out in faith and choose to follow your truth. I pray it over us, Lord God. Let us be a body of believers, a community together, that we can come together and confess our sins to one another and share our hearts and our lives, Lord God, with one another. And it'd be a place that'd be trustworthy where we can grow in following you. Let us not be an Ananias and Sapphira. But God, I pray for every one of us today. Let us be a Barnabas, I pray. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.